What a banner year for the WCC. This is Gonzaga Nation SI. I'm your host, Dan Dickow. I'm going to quickly recap the WCC season and just how good it was. It was an absolute banner year. Uh, everybody knew Gonzaga was going to be extremely good. Uh, preseason top three in basically every uh, publication coming into the season after a undefeated run through last year and an unfortunate loss in the title game to Baylor. Um, it will be only a matter of time before Gonzaga finally breaks through and gets their first title. But unfortunately for Zag fans, it was not this season. They ended up at 28-4, and 13-1 in league play where they won another league title. It's seemingly rinse, repeat for the Zags to win their conference title as well as be in the WCC Conference Tournament title game where they've been in it now for 25 straight years, 23 straight NCAA tournaments for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. But we'll recap Gonzaga's season um, in their own episode uh, coming up later this week. But the WCC, again, like I said, banner year. Six teams were in the postseason. Three of those in the NCAA tournament, the Zags, obviously the number one overall seed, lost in the Sweet 16 to Arkansas. St. Mary's, um, a tremendous season in their own right, 26-8, and 12-3 and in conference, knocked off Gonzaga when they were ranked number one in the regular season finale in Moraga. And then they had a great run in the NCAA tournament, uh, first round win. Um, followed up by a second, or excuse me, first round win against Indiana, where they absolutely dominated the game. They won 82 to 53 before losing to UCLA in the round of 32. But a great season for Randy Bennett. Uh, he won the Coach of the Year award in the WCC. Um, they've got some question marks, though. Um, Tommy Cousy. He's been a part of that program now for six years. Started as a walk-on, earned his way, um, became an unbelievably vital player the last two years. Had a few struggles early in this season, but at the end of the year, it was all about Tommy Cousy and getting the ball in his hands and putting him in pick and rolls and, and making plays. So they're going to have to figure out how they replace Tommy Cousy. Um, Augustus Marcellonis could be... Um, could be the answer. He started a number of games this season, didn't score it the way that um, a lot of people thought he might coming in, but he, he's got the pedigree and the, the resume from Europe that he could be a really good player. Uh, question, will Logan Johnson come back? With the COVID year, everybody's kind of in flux. They've gotten a, an opportunity to come back. So we'll see if Logan Johnson comes back uh, as well as Matthias Toss. Uh, he should be back, but how much does he improve, as well as how much does Kyle Bowen, Mitchell Saxon, and Jabe Mullins improve? Uh, St. Mary's, they've built a, a culture of, of understanding that you're going to improve your first couple years, and if you do, you'll have an opportunity to be a huge part of, of the rotation um, and a contributor your last couple years. So a big part uh, for those guys that I just mentioned is have they bought in, in particular Saxon and Jabe Mullins and, and Marshall Onis, have they bought in, are they improving, and are they going to uh, kind of develop into those bigger pieces of the St. Mary's program. But all things being said, a season ago they battled some injuries. Uh, a season ago they didn't uh, perform up to St. Mary's standards, but they were back in a big way this year. I wouldn't expect them to take much of a dip or a dive at all. They are a very good basketball program. 
Um, third place in the WCC this year, the Santa Clara Broncos, a big time surprise for a lot of people. Um, they were 21 and 12, 10 and 5 in WCC play. They were third in the league, but they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Uh, even though they finished ahead of San Francisco. San Francisco's analytics, some of their big wins, uh, allowed them to have a better resume. But Santa Clara had a tremendous year. Um, you know, Josip Brankic came back for his extra COVID year and really was uh, phenomenal for the Broncos and Herb Sendick throughout the year. Um, he was out with mono for about eight games, four, eight games. In those games, they went four and four. Then it took them a couple games to kind of get back uh, into the flow. Um, but that's the big question for them right now is how do you replace the the scoring and the rebounding, the playmaking uh, from that front court position that Josip Frankic, I mean, he was essentially a five-year starter in Santa Clara, uh, heart and soul of that program over the last few years. How are they going to replace him? Uh, P.J. Pipes was a great grad transfer from Wisconsin Green Bay. Um, it'll be interesting to see the direction Herb Sendick goes at the point guard spot. Uh, maybe the biggest question mark in the entire league, though, um, Jalen Williams. He battled um, throughout the course of the regular season for the scoring title in the WCC. A junior from the Phoenix area has continued to improve each season. Uh, I think he's got NBA talent. I think at some point he will be in the NBA. question is, um, does he go now? I would imagine he'll test the waters um, and then come back to college after finding out what the evaluators uh, are really looking at in regards to his game. But the question is, does he come back to Santa Clara or does he go in the portal um, with the one-time transfer rule and go to a quote-unquote bigger program, a bigger name, and try to make a splash there, which is happening all over college basketball. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, fourth place, the Dons out of USF. Uh, amazing season for Todd Golden and, and crew. They have probably the most question marks of anybody in the league. Um, but they're good questions to have to answer because of how successful their, their season was. Um, they made it to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1989. Uh, they were 24 and 10, 10 and 6 in league. They, had, they could have actually had a couple other wins. They had a couple nail biters, lost a uh, single possession game to BYU, lost a single possession game to St. Mary's. Um, they ended up having one of the most exciting games in the NCAA tournament where they lost to Murray State in the first round in overtime where Jamari Bouye uh, exploded for 36 points. If you weren't following the WCC and how good a play player he's been over the last four or five years, um, you would have been shocked and surprised. But if you followed him and seen him, uh, you would have been happy for, for the kid knowing he got to perform on the biggest stage and perform very well. So a couple things that USF has to really answer is Todd Golden, head coach, heads to Florida on, on a tremendous uh, contract, an opportunity for him. So we wish Todd Golden the best of luck, but uh, associate head coach Chris Gerlifson's taken over. Um, I would imagine similar ideas with a few tweaks, which is usually what happens when an associate head coach takes over. Um, a lot of times they've got a lot of the same philosophies, but a few tweaks that they want to implement that fits their eye a little bit better. So that'll be important to watch and see how uh, he views the transfer portal, how he recruits, and then how he prepares and has his team play next year. And if he will be as analytic heavy and three-point shot heavy as Todd Golden, I would imagine so. But 
the Dons, they got to replace Bouye. Um, one of the best guards on the entire West Coast was actually named Lou Henson, mid-major player of the year just in the past couple days. They got to replace him. Shabazz has another year. What does he do? Does he come back? Does he go professional? Does he transfer out uh, for his COVID year? Um, and then the other guys that are on the younger end for USF, how do they improve? And that's Josh Coonan to me, who I think has a lot of potential. Um, that's Zane Meeks, who had some big moments at times throughout the season, but he wasn't necessarily consistent. Uh, and Julian Rishwain, a really good shooter. Um, can he add to his arsenal and kind of complete his game a little bit? So um, recap of the Don season, which again, exceeded expectations, was awesome to see a team in the NCAA tournament from the WCC besides the Zags, St. Mary's, or BYU, which leads us to BYU. Maybe the, the I don't want to say the most disappointing um, team on the season because they still made the NIT. They still uh, won a game in the NIT. They were still 24-11. and 11. Um, They were 9-6 and six in league, but when, when you know the expectations that are placed on that program, um, you would think that they didn't live up to those expectations. But a lot of that was due to injuries. Um, they had a couple injuries early in the season, um, to their front court rotational players, uh, they kind of threw them in flux, had to change the way that they played. In the past, they've always had a couple bigs that they could depend on for interior defense and rebounding and being great screen setters. Um, when the injuries occurred, they kind of lost that. And so they had to fr throw freshman Fasini Traore into the lineup, and he was tremendous. He had a number of double-doubles over the course of the year. I would expect him, even though he's an undersized big, uh, to continue to be an impact player in the WCC before they move to the Big 12. Um, because we all know they're moving to the Big 12. They've, they've been really excited about it. Um, but that's going to be a, a heck of a jump for them. They've got a lot of improvements that are, are going to be necessary to make. But the biggest thing for them is how do they replace Alex Barcel? Started his career at Arizona as a transfer. Really made an unbelievable career out of his time in Provo. Uh, great three-point shooter, was the heart and soul of that program over the last three years or so. Uh, Mark Pope, on many occasions, talked about just how valuable he was. So who is going to replace uh, the the value and the importance of Alex Barcelo will be something to watch. University of Portland, the Pilots, on our first-year coach, Shante Leggins. Um, check this. They were, a, they had a winning record at 19 and 15. It's been a long time since that has been the case. Uh, you know, Eric Reveno had him competing for that third and fourth spot in the WCC for, for a, a couple different stretches. Uh, Terry Porter really wasn't able to get anything going, but Shantae Leggins has really done a nice job. Um, seven and seven in league, which was a surprise because they hadn't won a league game in two years. Um, they got a good nucleus of freshmen, sophomores, Tyler Robertson, um, My Moses Woods, a couple of those guys that um, it's just going to be interesting to see. Do they stay? Do they go into the transfer portal? Because that's the name of the beast in college basketball now. And then how do they improve? And what does Shante Leggins do um, to keep the program moving in the, in the right direction? Um, they were in a postseason tournament, obviously not the NIT or the NCAA, but uh, it was another postseason tournament where they actually got a win. Um, so that was great for the program to kind of get a boost of momentum and get going. I think that should help in recruiting uh, when you can say that we want a postseason game, and it's and it's an experience boost uh, for the players that will be returning. Uh, the Toreros of San Diego next. Um, they're a program in transition. They let Sam Scholl go after the season. Um, 
have not hired a head coach as of yet, and most of the team is in the transfer portal, including um, probably their best returning player, point guard, who's from San Diego, Wayne McKinney Jr. Um, you know, they exceeded expectations with their record this year. They hovered around 500, both in league and overall, for quite some time, but it wasn't enough, and Sam Scholl was let go. So, unfortunate to see. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great coach. He'll land on his feet somewhere, but uh, the Toreros will be uh, a program in, in flux over the next few weeks until they find a coach. The Tigers of Pacific from Stockton, Leonard Perry in year one, took over under really difficult circumstances because Damon Stoudemire left so late to go to the NBA and be an assistant coach with the Boston Celtics. So Leonard Perry really kind of had to put together a roster on the fly. And the biggest thing he had to do um, was get guys to believe and compete. And quite frankly, I think they did that. Uh, their, their talent level wasn't uh, what Damon Stoudemire had over the last couple of years, where they were challenging for fourth and fifth, which I think is a, a tremendous achievement for, for Pacific, considering where the program had been before Damon Stoudemire. But they were 8-22 and on the season, 3-11 and on the, on, the, on the year in the conference. Uh, I think in year one, Leonard Perry did a really nice job. It would be interesting to see the pieces that uh, he kind of pinpoints, evaluates, and is able to recruit to Stockton because it's not easy. But uh, he showed some nice signs for that program in year one. Uh, for Loyola Marymount in year two of Stan Johnson, um, frustrating, I'm sure, uh, is the easiest thing to say for him and his staff, his players, as well as fans of, of the Lions because I thought – um, he did a tremendous job in year one, and then year two, um, COVID hit them at times. Um, they had a couple stretches where they had pauses. They had injuries, uh, in particular to their projected starting point guard, Jalen Anderson, and they weren't ever ever able to really to get on the same page and play with any type of continuity because of injuries. Um, but they're going to lose uh, one of the most dominant players uh, statistically uh, in the WCC over the last five years, and that's Eli Scott. He was a, a threat to be a double-double every night out. Um, didn't always impact the win-loss column in a positive side on the wins, um, but you knew as an opponent you had to prepare for him, you had to be ready um, because he was going to play hard and he was going to be um, impactful, at least in the stat sheets. Uh, so they're going to have to figure out how to replace him. Uh, but L.A. is a fertile ground for high school prospects, I'm sure, Stan Johnson uh, is leaving no stone unturned to get the right guys into his program. I think he's got a tremendous outlook for the program. Uh, it's been um, something that uh, I think LMU has the potential to be very good in this league. And they've shown flashes. Uh, they just haven't been able to get over the hump, which I guess you could say for a lot of programs outside of Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU. And last place in, in the league this year, Pepperdine. Nobody was expecting Pepperdine to struggle the way that they did, especially uh, Coach Lorenzo Romar. One win in conference, 7-25 and 25, uh, overall record this season. Um, they had a nice core nucleus of good freshmen coming in. Houston Millette led them in scoring. Maxwell Lewis, a great uh, wing with size and athleticism and pro potential. Uh, as well as Mike Mitchell Jr., another backcourt player who, who can do a little bit of everything. But um, with that, with knowing you had the youth, you needed to get some experience uh, on your roster. And the guys that um, were brought into Pepperdine just didn't work. 
as far as fit of program and style of how they wanted to play, fit and program of how they wanted to conduct themselves and, and be a part of building that program up. And so unfortunately for Lorenzo Romar on the wave, they had to let uh, a couple of those guys go. So it was uh, lean pickings on the bench this year for, for Lorenzo Romar. He had to lean on the freshman that I mentioned. They fought valiantly. They played hard. I think they learned a ton of lessons. Uh, I haven't seen those names yet in the transfer portal, which is a great sign. Uh, if those three come back along with Jan Zedek, um, uh, I think they've got the ability to have a much better season next year. Similar to LMU. They're right in the heart of, of Southern California in the L.A. area. Um, you find a couple of the right guys that are, are overlooked by the bigger programs, and you got a chance to turn things around in a, in a, in a hurry. So um, all in all, tremendous WCC year. Um, six teams in the postseason, three in the NCAA tournament. Uh, player of the year, Drew Timmy, newcomer and defensive player of the year, Chet Holmgren, uh, and coach of the year, Randy Bennett. I look for the WCC to make continued strides and continue to challenge um, for multiple bids in the NCAA tournament in years to come. I mean, Gonzaga's a staple. St. Mary's has become an almost staple. And then if you can start um, getting these other teams, such as Santa Clara and USF, to have great runs, um, there's nothing but positive things for the league. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, this has been a WCC recap. I will be going in-depth more on Gonzaga's season and a preview of what they went through, what they did, and everything that occurred for the Zags.